Life is full of events that leave you stiff, sore, tight. Think of the feeling you get after a good stretch. Looser, lighter, maybe even happier. Let's lengthen our perspective in life and celebrate our accomplishments together. The But First Stretch podcast isn't just all about fitness. It's about actual people who are bettering their lives in our collective community. It's about coming together and getting inspired in your own life. It's for people who want to stretch their mind, body, and soul by tapping into their own potential and self-worth. And really cool down after the episode with a brief meditation that ties together the theme. Just a reminder, but first, stretch. Hi, I'm Jen McCracken. Welcome back to But First Stretch. And if it's your first time joining, I'm so glad you're here. This podcast set out to highlight the amazing things that individuals are doing with a huge focus on chats or conversations. This year, I decided to add some more solo episodes to stretch our mind, body, and soul in different ways. If you enjoy this episode, please give a review on iTunes or Spotify or however you listen. And please pass along. It's a fun one. Before we dive into the episode, I wanted to mention that I'm participating in a spinning, yes, on a bike, fundraiser for Beats for Bella on June 5th. It's called Philly Spin In, and it takes place outside of CHOP, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. I'm going to put the link in the show notes in case you can donate or even participate. I'm so excited to be doing this this year. Last year... Um, it it did happen last year, but I did a podcast with, um, Beats for Bella and it's episode 15. If you want to check it out, it's a really good one. And just why getting involved and finding your passion, no matter if you have a full-time job or not, is really important. So that's episode 15. And I hope that you can donate or participate in some way. It's such a great cause. And today's episode is on something that I really enjoy, multiple intelligences and how we learn. My background is in teaching, and I think it's so important to learn and know more about how the way people are around us so that we can become better friends, partners, parents, coworkers, whatever. Especially this year when so many people have been expected to change the way they work and think to adapt to the pandemic. Also, we're going to stretch our minds by tapping into how we can practice other types of intelligences, especially if it takes you a little bit out of your comfort zone. And it was so funny, I mentioned to my husband, who's also a teacher, that I wanted to do this podcast on multiple intelligences, and he even said, like, oh, that's so fun, I love them. And I think it's just because it really dives into how we're all so unique Even within the intelligences, we have different intelligences, so I'm so excited to be doing this. Let's warm up. First of all, I truly believe that all students have amazing potential. I've seen so many different kids thrive based on their own kind of intelligence. I believe this about adults, too. Adults can contribute greatly to the workplace or home when they are able to express themselves in ways that feel meaningful to them. I read this article that Reese Witherspoon and Vince Vaughn struggled to work together during the movie The Four Christmases that they starred in. Basically, Reese Witherspoon wanted to get up early and rehearse the scenes to practice, and Vince Vaughn wanted to improvise and see what happened. And this is because they both have different intelligences as actors, 
and both of them saw a different solution to creating good chemistry, a good movie. And everyone struggles when their own intelligence has not been tapped into. To be brief on the teacher stuff, Howard Garner created a list of six intelligences, I believe it was in the 1980s, um, the early 80s, um, which now has expanded to nine different intelligences. He believes that no matter what subject you are teaching, it's important to teach the content in multiple ways, not only to help kids learn, but also for educators to master the content. Even as adults, we have a preference on how material is given to us or how we learn. And I'm going to say that just like the classroom where a student may love or hate a presentation method, for example, we do a Battle of Gettysburg dodgeball simulation in 8th grade history, it's important for us to expose ourselves to all different kinds of intelligences. It might improve your relationships once you get to know a little bit more about somebody else. As a teacher, we should be providing safe places for kids to fail, especially if what we are asking them does not match their personal intelligence. But we want to grow our intelligence by trying new things. So as adults, why wouldn't this apply to you too? So let's dive into the workout portion. It might be fun to take a gardener intelligence test and see which intelligences you lean into. I will definitely place a link where you could do that because, again, we all have strengths and weaknesses within the intelligences. And when I took the test as a 24-year-old teacher, I scored a very high on the bodily kinesthetic intelligence, which is intelligence by movement, and doing very low on intrapersonal which is an introspective intelligence. Ten years later, I would say my intrapersonal intelligence has greatly grown. So, briefly, if you aren't sure your intelligence is, maybe a few of these will stick out to you. The first one is logical, mathematical intelligence. Intelligence of numbers, logic, ability to reason, sequence, or think in terms of cause-effect. Spatial intelligence, intelligence based on visualizing vividly, thinking pictures and images, etc. Musical intelligence, intelligence to perceive, appreciate, and produce rhythms and melodies. The fourth one is linguistic intelligence, intelligence of words, persuasion, writing, etc. This is both via mouth and via print medium, which is really important. Bodily kinesthetic intelligence, so this is intelligence of tactile learning and movement, learning by doing. Interpersonal intelligence, and this is intelligence to understand and work with people. Intrapersonal intelligence, and this is the intelligence of the inner self, feelings, and emotions. There's the naturalist intelligence, intelligence of the outdoors, including plants, animals, and rocks. And number nine, which is the, I want to say the most recent one um, that has, we'll talk about this, has kind of been accepted as an intelligence is existential intelligence. And this is sensitivity and capacity to tackle deep questions about human existence, such as what is the meaning of life? Why do we die? How do we get here? And just as a huge disclaimer, each of us is truly unique and we all have our own intelligence. I love how these are more than just IQ related. We all have something amazing to offer. 
these nine intelligences are here to help you grow as an individual, to tap into your own strengths, as well as examine and consider obstacles. We are all not meant to have all the intelligences, and I'm pretty open about some of my weaknesses in here. And I think it's important at any age to try new things and be with people that support you, cheer you on when you succeed, and lift you up when you struggle. If you're someone who loves working with numbers and challenges of complex problems, you most likely have the logical mathematical intelligence. You are systematic and organized, and you likely have a logical rationale for what you are doing or thinking at any given time. My husband and son are definitely logic smart. How my husband approaches a problem is so different than how I approach it. I rarely figure out tips at restaurants, primarily because it takes me forever and my husband, it takes like two seconds. If you have logical and mathematical intelligence, then it's important to embrace it. And if you don't, it's always a great idea to practice it. For me, that might mean taking extra time to solve the tip or how much 20% off actually is. So confront it. Taking kids to the planetarium or aquarium would be a great family outing. My aunt got my son a chemistry kit for his birthday, and he loves doing the experiments. Even certain board games can bring people together, clue, dominoes, etc. Practicing calculating math problems, very simple, in your head. What are some things that you suggest? I would love to hear. If you're someone who tends to think in pictures and images, if you're aware of objects, shapes, colors, textures, and patterns in the environment around you, you have a strong visual-spatial intelligence. People with this intelligence love to color and draw, make design and patterns, read maps, work with fabrics, construction paper, and find your way around new places. This is also an intelligence I am not strong in. I had Adrienne Fornwald on this podcast last year around this time, and she designs clothes for a living. She works with fabrics and can visualize how clothes should look on people. I am someone who sees the layout in the store, most likely designed by someone with this intelligence, and will try to emulate that. I'm always texting people if something would look good, a new light fixture, or if I can paint a certain furniture. If I'm looking to replace my flooring and I see your flooring on Instagram, I will reach out because the store and the options overwhelm me, and I really struggle to visualize the space. I love the ways to develop your spatial intelligence, probably because I'm so fascinated by this intelligence. Learning photography, creating video presentations, learning and a language like Chinese, developing visual symbols for note-taking, taking a class in drawing, sculpting, painting, graphic design. Personally, this could be a really great way way to connect to other people because it's so enjoyable too. And even if your pottery or hand lettering is terrible, it might be nice to do something like that with a friend. I feel connected to other people when they take the time to explain things to me or provide me with ideas. If you're someone who loves music and rhythmic patterns, notice changes in facial expressions, body movement, or emotional response. You have a strong musical rhythmic intelligence. You can probably create music, mimic sounds in language, accents, and speech patterns, and recognize individual musical instruments in a composition. To be honest, this is how my elementary school determined kids for band. You would listen to a song 
and have to identify the musical instrument in fifth grade. If your answers were a certain percentage, you were recommended for band. I was in choir from 6th to 12th grade, so that tells you how I must have done on that test. I also can imagine how that would discourage kids from even trying to develop their musical intelligence. As you know, even if your intelligence in one area is not high, it's still great to develop it, even as an adult. Looking back at that experience as a teacher, it's a pretty poor practice and can discourage kids from trying new things. So often, music and art programs are cut to increase math and reading for school scores in standardized testing. In schools where kids have access to music class consistently, there have been fewer absences and increased language acquisition. Listening to music while working has improved concentration. Think about if you enjoy concerts. Maybe we can't go at the moment, but streaming music increases endorphins. Some ways to develop your musical intelligence is to listen to different kinds. I took a history of jazz class in college. It was mandatory, but it was a really fun class. Maybe learn to play a new instrument or dust off one you have lying around. My husband wrote a bedtime song for the kids to play on the guitar, and they love it. Note, he also has a high musical intelligence, which often correlates to the mathematical logical intelligence. And if you don't have a musical bow in your body, you can still do family sing-along or something using Alexa. Music therapy is very popular. If you're somebody who has knowledge of language through reading, writing, speaking, you have verbal linguistic intelligence. People in this intelligence are word smart or book smart. They love discussions, telling jokes, and creative writing. As a teacher and doing this podcast, I have a high verbal linguistic intelligence because I enjoy language. Language can inspire, entertain, and instruct. That doesn't mean I'm perfect at it. I struggle with crossword puzzles, and it's still important for me to develop this intelligence. I believe Gardner also advised not to confuse learning styles with intelligence. It's important to know there's no evidence to support the idea that matching activities to one's learning style improves learning. Everyone has strengths and weaknesses and various intelligences. So I might not be the best at telling jokes or doing the New York Times crossword puzzle, but it's still important for me to develop this style. And you can do that too. You can get a calendar with a new word a day and try to use it. Join or start a book club. Audiobooks are a great way to develop linguistic intelligence. It might be fun to take a speed reading class or at least give it a try. Take your family to the library or bookstore. Story times are a great way to improve young children's linguistic intelligence. If you like jokes, start a list or write your own. Word games can be great for rainy days or even practice public speaking. Journaling or starting a writer's notebook is a great idea to practice this intelligence. All right, let's pause. As long as you're not driving, let's do an activity. If you're driving, keep going and just listen. Stand up if you're sitting and stand on one foot with your eyes closed. How long can you stay like this?
and you're welcome to stay here. You're welcome to come out of it. But if you're someone who loves to learn by doing and has a love for physical games, dancing, making things with your hands, and role-playing, then you have bodily kinesthetic intelligence. The activity of standing on one leg is a fun body test to practice your body smart intelligence, which includes balance. Some people with this intelligence struggle to sit still and need to move frequently. It's important not to take this like offensively. It can be a layer to their intelligence. In fact, some people with ADD and ADHD have high levels of body kinesthetic intelligence, and it's often not productive to make them sit for long periods of time. And within this intelligence, there's a lot of variety of interests, which is why this is such a cool intelligence. As adults, there are so many options for us to develop or continue this intelligence. A lot of exercise falls in this category. Basketball, tennis, karate, yoga. You could also learn a craft like woodworking, weaving, carving, or crocheting. Maybe learn sign language, play charades with family and friends. Bowling or throwing horseshoes would fall under this as well. And also know that everyone has various levels of expertise in this category. You don't need to be a professional gymnast to enjoy practicing the balance beam. I know that for many people, on the kind of flip side, this bodily kinesthetic work can cause a lot of anxiety, like performing in front of people, like catching a ball in front of others. And that's why even solo sports and activities can be beneficial to develop this intelligence. If you're someone who enjoys relating to people and being part of a team, you have interpersonal intelligence. And if you have this intelligence, you are probably skilled at conflict resolution, mediation, and compromise. And people with this skill often have a lot of friends and are very empathetic. But I also love how people with this intelligence, there's a lot of famous people with this intelligence. They can range from Gandhi to Machiavelli. So socially responsible but also they can be manipulative. And I think that's such an interesting element when you look at this intelligence. So this is an important intelligence when working with people. We could all benefit from working on our listening skills and people skills. People who excel at this intelligence have great teamwork skills and work on the collective we. It's great to get involved in service groups such as Rotary Club to develop your interpersonal intelligence. Having a regular meeting in your home builds the confidence of kids and allows all family members to be heard. It's hard now, but going to family school or work-related events or happy hours helps to build community and a sense of belonging. And if you're someone that can step outside of your life and really examine your life, emotions, values, beliefs, etc. You have intrapersonal intelligence. You are creative, highly intuitive, and inwardly motivated. I am so interested in people who have high levels of intrapersonal intelligence. And I often tend to look to you for wisdom. In the past month, I've been working on my own intuition, which Full disclosure has been a huge challenge. My mind is constantly wandering, 
on the future, the present, the past, especially this month. So it's something that I definitely have to work on and be aware of. And some things that anyone can do to expand their interpersonal intelligence includes keeping a journal, meditating, creating measurable goals for personal and or professional life. I actually have two podcasts on that. You can check out my 2019 and 2020 goal setting podcasts for tips. You can work on positive affirmations. And you can align yourself with people who have a strong and healthy sense of self. And I even think that last one is so important. And it's definitely the one that I'm leaning to most right now. These are all great ideas to tap into ourselves and who we are. So if you're someone who recognizes, appreciates, and understands the natural world, including various species, weather, and more... You have naturalist intelligence, and there is such a need for people today with this intelligence, growing food, caring for animals and the environment. We can all do small things to tap into this intelligence, plant trees, go for nature walks, sketch leaves, maybe tree bark. We can visit animal sanctuaries and farms, grow our own food, take trips to farmer's markets or any kind of co-ops that bring fresh food right to you. We have cousins that own a beautiful mountain home, and it's so nice to go hiking along the Appalachian Trail. There's even an opportunity for bird watching if this is up your alley. Even just taking your shoes off and putting your feet in the grass can be so grounding and really connect to this naturalist intelligence. And if you're someone who has sensitivity and capacity to tackle deep questions about human existence, such as, what is the meaning of life? Why do we die? How do we get here? Then you have existential intelligence. Truthfully, this one is newer to me, and I have not really interacted with it the way I have the other eight kinds of intelligences. And Gardner has not fully confirmed, endorsed, or described this intelligence, but has addressed its existence, as kids are naturally curious about bigger questions. My son asks questions all the time. Where is heaven? Where do you go when you die? But I want to discuss it here as it might be your primary intelligence, and that makes it really important. And to develop existential intelligence, you might want to keep a dream journal, study ancient and modern philosophers, and meditate. Keep discussing big questions, even if there's no concrete answer. So all of these intelligences can be developed and focused on. I know that when I see my students, I don't see their test scores. I see their potential. So why do we as adults have to stop learning and interacting with our own intelligences? Maybe we can learn a little bit more about how the people around us think and behave and what really gets them fired up, especially if you're someone that leads a team of people. So let's dive into our cool down meditation. And this meditation is meant to sustain the idea of this podcast and the intelligences and that we all have something great to offer. 
whether it's our families, whether it's the community, whether it's the world around us. So take a moment to get into a comfortable position, whether it's seated or lying on the floor. Just gently close your eyes or lower your gaze. And take a deep breath in. And exhale everything out. Take note of how you are feeling right now. Feel the muscles in your legs start to relax. Feel the muscles in your arms start to relax. Consider the nine intelligences you just heard about. Which one or ones can you relate to? Breathe in. Breathe out. Allow your mind to clear and your body to continue to relax. Let it be heavy. Let it be comfortable. Feel your head relax. Feel your face relax. Now just let these words sit in your mind. There's no need to focus on any of them. You are important. You are capable of achieving many things. You can handle the problems that come your way. You are perfect just the way you are. Accept yourself. Be kind to yourself. Can you say or even repeat in your mind, I am important. I am a human being with flaws. 
It is okay to have flaws. I am unique and I appreciate my uniqueness. I am perfectly all right, just the way I am. I learn from my mistakes and I forgive myself when I make them. I enjoy learning every day. I accept myself. Inhale in. Exhale out. When you're ready, gently blink your eyes open and come back into the room. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of But For A Stretch. I hope you enjoyed learning about the multiple intelligences. And if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. Have a great day.